Hello, my name is Dan. Hello, I am David. The two of us together in front of a camera with beer in our hand is what creates For the Craft. Craft Beer Podcast for Craft Beer Arizona and the region, and also the global. We like to think that we're on a global scale, but we don't really know if anybody is listening to us on a larger global scale. So good morning, New Zealand. And good night, Kentucky. Now that that's out of the way, let's try a new beer. And by new, I mean not new. This is a beer that I purchased a year and a half ago, perhaps two years. I've never had it. Ago? It is from 8 Wired Brewing in New Zealand. Not gonna do it. Do it, Dave. New Zealand. So, I'm sure you are familiar with this. When anyone does an Australian or New Zealand accent, it's always kind of cute and poor, like not done well. But when Dave does it, it's terribly offensive. I have found that most of my ethnic dialects pick up the most uh, racist and worst variations. No, that's so for sure. I You're don't, terrible. Don't want to do them. So, eight wired. We have the the big smoke, smoked porter. I had this a while ago. It's really delicious. It's really smoky. It's the opposite of what would make sense to drink right now on the this beautiful day. Beautiful, warm, winter day in Phoenix. But today's one of those days where we just want to drink all kinds of beer. Uh oh. It's definitely been in a bottle for a long time. Enjoy your foam, Dave. <laughs> oh, mine too. Bummer. Eightwire Brewing is inspired by the legendary Kiwi can-do mentality and fellow craft brewers who have dared to challenge the masses and show all that beer is no longer just beer. Crafted by nomadic Danish brewer... By a nomadic Danish brewer. That makes more sense. A little bit more. <laughs> Who has finally found permanent grounds in Marlborough, New Zealand. Expect ingenuity and flavor. So I'm going to expect some ingenuity and flavor. Did you know that 250 years ago virtually all beers were smoked? Google it! Oh. I'm sorry about the head. It, it has been sitting in my fridge for oh so long. Over a year, you said. Over a year. Ooh, it's still smoky. Smell it. I don't want to get bubbles in my nose. It's like a root beer float now. Oh, but it is. It's like campfire. It's so smoky. (laughs) So maybe this isn't bubbles. Maybe this is actually smoke that has settled. Since the Industrial Revolution, the smoke has begun to settle. It's kind of like looking uh, through, like, Shanghai on a sunrise. Ooh. That is savory. That is like A1 steak sauce turned into beer. Now, I will say, not in the sense that autolysis has taken over mm-hmm. and that the yeast has continued to consume itself, but maybe a little bit. But here's the, here's the tough thing and the reason why I failed my <laughs> tasting twice. Yeah. Let's discuss autolysis, Dave. Let's do it. Beers that are bottle conditioned have additions of sugars and yeast that are added to them to develop and further the maturation of said beer. Mm-hmm. In this instance, uh, yeast is added that is still active and alive. There comes a point in a yeast cell's lifespan where it starts to consume other yeast cells. Right. And in this sense, when it consumes other yeast cells instead of sugars, instead of it creating CO2 and ethanol, it creates uh, a sort of soy sauce 
flavor, umami, very savory mm-hmm. flavor. Now, here's the tough part about this beer that we're drinking right now, and this is really challenging us as drinkers, is this beer itself is already smoky and savory. Right. Just a smoky porter is going to be acidic, have that natural umami kind of savory flavor, and I don't know. It, do, you, do you feel like it's... Because remember that beer that we had meat try, and we yeah. all told them it was good? That was like autolysis, autolytosis mimosis to the most. To the moistest. To the moistest. Yeah. Um, I think this is still good. I mean, a judge might say that it's off, but it's still yummy. The smoke is still vibrant, and smoke? I'm just going to talk for you the Please whole time. No, 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 the smoke is good. I'm thinking about it, because this is actually hard. Um, but there is a, a heavy Worcestershire-type flavoring to it that I don't know is the original. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. Now, I will. in the years that I've been in beer education and leading and tasting, I've often tasted people on, let's say, Taddy Caster Pointer. Pointer. We haven't been drinking... <laughs> We really haven't. We haven't been drinking all day. All right, so I've had laymen that aren't big into craft beer and don't drink as much as we do drink the Teddy Caster Porter from Samuel Smith. Right. And a lot of people will say, oh, soy sauce. Just like a fresh, good, clean bottle of it. Okay. So I know that some palates are more susceptible to that experience. I myself am not because I drink a lot of porters. So I know how much of the level... I like to think I know how much of the level is comfortably there. Um... And I'm not too turned off by this, but I am... I'm not. The over-foaming and, like, the clumps of dead particles at the bottom. Yeah, that, that happens in beers. I'm not, I'm not scared away by that. I'm hoping maybe as it warms up a little, I'll get something else out of it. Um, See, this, it's hard to distinguish the smoke from the umame savory. That is you know my I mean? difficulty right now. Because it it's is very... a smoked... This is a smoked porter. It is very smoked. Um... But I would also say that this beer was not pasteurized before bottling. So we know that any active yeasts were not eliminated, which is why this beer has taken on a new uh, For character. Sure. Like, if, if one of the original brewers of this came and tasted this right now, they would say that this beer is not... It may be brilliant, but it is not the original flavor of the beer that they're aiming for when they put it in the bottle. Yeah. I would say, having had this beer over a year ago... Uh, which was, I, w- I would imagine, the same batch as this one. I enjoyed that one very much. The smoke characteristics were powerful. Pretty bitter. It finishes like a traditional porter to me. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I lean, I lean towards the whole, this beer isn't gone bad. It just has a more... Now, also let me propose this. Okay. When you barrel-age dark beers... Um, Oxidation is going to take place all the time anyway, which is going to give you almost sherry-like flavors uh, yeah. uh, along with that umami. So I think it's a desired characteristic. I do think it's still a yummy beer, uh, and it's fun to sometimes pull things out of the vault and sure. see what our palates... I mean, that's why you create beer cellars or you have a beer fridge to right. let stuff in, left stuff sit away on purpose. Yeah, just to see what going to happen to it. And something definitely happened to this. Indeed it did. The more I have, the more I, I get more uh, characteristics out of it. I, yeah, I don't think it's gone bad. So on a scale of one to anything, of any scale, where do you rate it? Definitely it's in the triangle range. I wouldn't okay. put it in the trapezoids, but I would give this to someone who's a porter drinker and not any less and ask them to enjoy this. This, um, 
I could even see cooking with this a little bit. This, yeah, breaking smokiness it down a to bit. it. Yeah, breaking it down. Yeah, I could see multiple uses besides just drinking this on a patio. We tried a Ronsch beer, which is a old German style of beer that is a, it's practically a smoked Marzen. Yeah. So they make a Marzen except they smoke the malts. Um, Might have been my favorite beer last year, last season. I have another one still. It's a great beer. This one's from New Zealand. I don't. I sometimes see eight wired around at liquor. Okay, I haven't seen it. This but, is the first I've had of any of their uh, stuff. I think this one is fun because it's not what you would expect from a New Zealand brewer brewery. That's usually they're doing uh, really fresh, new, unique specialty hops. Yeah, and they're going for that juicy, yummy thing. This is just like a smoked out porter. It's fun. It's fun. Life is fun. Life is good. How are you guys doing, though? Are you all right? You're are doing you good? Because right? you seem like... You've been quiet. So look up 8 Wired on the internet, read a little bit about them, and uh, see what you can do to get your hands on some of their beer, because this is a unique porter, and I, th- I mean, out of the two that I purchased, the first one and this one, uh, it's got it's got shelf life. It lasted. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with it, and uh, trust me, I know everything. Recently, we were discussing smoked meats pairing with beer. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the beer pairing rules is matching intensities with intensities. Would you, as a passionate meat smoker, pair this beer with the smoked meat, or would you not? I am. Uh, I'm always open to matching, and I think that this this smoke. I, I don't know that I could tell you what wood is they use to smoke this particular wood with. Beechwood. Beechwood. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't know if I get that, but I think this would pair really nice uh, with some red meat, some smoked red meat. I wouldn't necessarily it might overpower pork or even fowl bird, mm-hmm. but some red meat, yeah, I think this would go really nice. I think this has a lot of potential to pair pork. really well with smoked meats. Because I think contrasting those two flavors, I don't know that you're going to get the most out of either experience if you do that with smokes, because it's just so potent and powerful that okay, so your if palate you're not, could drown out if you're if you're cutting either. Right? So if you're not pairing this with a smoked meat, what is the beer that you're pairing with a smoked meat? I prefer maltier beers with my smoked meats. Yeah. Um, some, uh, some even reds, some scotch ales. Mm-hmm. Um, Something with that rich caramel. Yeah. That caramelization of the yeah. malts to go along with the outer crust of the skin That's of it. the meats that you Absolutely. cook. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I've been known to, uh, for three or four years straight, I only use Kilt Lifter to make my burgers. Hmm. When I was, when I was uh, putting in my ingredients in my hamburger meat, I used Kilt Lifter. Scottish-style ale from Four Peaks Brewing Company? Yeah. That was... My my only beer that I would use, yeah. and I thought it worked great. I thought yeah. the caramel. I think it tones would. I feel like that. Amazing. I feel like that's one of the reasons why Kilifter is so popular, is it's so obtainable, it's so drinkable, it's got that right amount of caramelization, without being too red. Yep. I would like, and I know like if you're not a, not everybody is familiar with these styles, but the red when we refer to malts is like a more crystalline caramelization mm-hmm. maybe of the malts that yeah. creates a flavor that <laughs> I, I say red yeah you know what I mean I, yeah, it I mean, makes sense yeah, if you yeah. drink it I, I, I apologize for not being able to describe it it's malty it's caramely it's it's not 
but almost like a hard candied. It's almost like the sugar caramelization on the outside of an onion, but not by the flavor. That was a poor analogy. I take it back. I don't know. The, like if you saute an onion really well, like if you really get the caramelization on an onion, yeah. there's, there's a red I, flavor to that. Yeah, I would say like that's when, when you have red malts, when you have malts that make a red IPA or things like that. Yeah, perfect, perfect to pair with. Uh, meats that have been grilled over open flames or smoked because yeah. that caramelization happens on the outside. And the inside has that savory umami kind of flavor that this smoked beer has. That's so it. if you're not pairing the smoked with the smoked meats, you're at least pairing the malty caramelization of the outside of the meat and then you are building a harmony between the umami on the inside of the savory meat with the sweetness of the right. malts from the outside. I... In, a, in a, like simplest terms, I'm not gonna put a hoppy West Coast banger IPA with red meat. Just like you don't usually put a Chardonnay with a steak. If you're a wine person, you know that red meats and red wines go together because they're they're similar notes, and you don't put a Zinfandel or uh, like I said, a Chardonnay in with your red meat. These darker beers are gonna pair better because of that. The way that they treat the malt. Right. So now you have a few more tools to impress your friends with, hopefully, when it comes to these beautiful patio months, these this time that we call patio season. February. Fe- February and March. Baseballs. In April. Crack of the bat. Oh. Run of the base. Run of the base. Uh. Tweet! Refereeing. Eight Wire Brewing. New Melbourne. Zealand. Melbourne, New Zealand. Melbourne? No. Melbourne's Australia, bro. Marlboro. Eight Wire Brewing out of Marlborough? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's in New Zealand. doesn't matter if you don't know how to say the place in New Zealand. You can say New Zealand. This is the Big Smoke Smoke Porter. Dave and I have really enjoyed it. It has challenged our palates. That's what it's about. That's a challenging beer. It's a challenging beer, especially once we've aged it, uh, to see what we can taste. And it's good to just keep yourself on your toes. It really is. It really is. Continue to enjoy craft beer. Enjoy local craft beer or beer from other countries because that makes you a better drinker. It does, and a better person. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't even like people that don't drink beer from other countries. Can I say anything? Here's Arizona. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Craft, your local Arizona craft beer podcast. Follow Dan and Dave on Instagram at four underscore the underscore craft and connect with the guys on Facebook. Search For the Craft. And don't forget to buy local, you dirty sons of bitches.